text for this morning's sermon is Ruth 1, the verses 15 to 18. Here we see Ruth making a confession of her faith. And she, that's Naomi, said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this morning four of our young people will be making public profession of their faith. Robin DeWitt, Cody Kuick, Devin Rapp, and Taryn Ravensbergen. When we make a profession of faith, we are confessing that we love the Lord and that we are committed to serving Him with our whole life. Christ has commanded us to confess him before men. In Matthew 10, Jesus said, So everyone who acknowledged me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Christ calls us to publicly take a stand with him to testify of our faith in him, our love for him, and our hope in his promises. That's why in Reformed churches, profession of faith is a public ceremony. Throughout scripture, we read of many professions of faith. Rahab spoke of the Lord's mighty deeds in delivering Israel from Egypt and subduing their enemies on the way to Canaan. She confessed, saying, The Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Joshua implored the people of Israel to serve the Lord. He directed them in that saying, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When Christ asked the disciples who they thought he was, Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of of the living God. When Thomas saw his risen Savior, he confessed, My Lord and my God. To help us to understand what it means to make profession of faith, we will examine more closely the confession of Ruth. It's one of the most beautiful, most moving confessions of faith recorded in the scriptures. Naomi was moving back from Moab to Judah. She was very bitter about her circumstances, recognizing that the hand of the Lord was against her. She encouraged her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, to return to their own people and to their own gods. But Ruth 
refuses to go. She makes a beautiful confession of faith in which she shows the conviction of her heart. Ruth identifies herself with Naomi's God, with her people, and with her homeland. I preach you the word of God under the following theme. God shows his faithfulness in leading Ruth to profess her faith. Ruth confesses that the Lord is my God. The Israelites are my people. And Canaan is my home. The book of Ruth is set in the time period of the judges. In that time, there was a cycle that kept repeating itself. Israel would sin. The Lord would chastise by sending their enemies against them. Israel would cry out for deliverance. And then the Lord would send a judge to save them. One of the Lord's chastisements when his people sinned was to withhold rain. Ruth 1 verse 1 tells us that there was a famine in the land. The response of Elimelech, whose name means, my God is king, was to move his family to Moab. They thought that in this way they could escape the chastisement of the Lord. One of the central themes of the book of Ruth is that it reveals the Lord's faithfulness. Even when God's covenant people are unfaithful, the Lord remains faithful. He keeps his promises. He does what he said he would do. In the covenant made with Israel, God has spoken about how he would withhold the rain if his people served other gods. Yet God is not just faithful in chastising his people. In the midst of Israel's sin, the Lord keeps working for his people's redemption. Ruth really is a most amazing story about the grace of our Lord. This book contains a certain amount of divine irony. Elimelech and his family left Israel because it was empty. There's a famine in the land. There was no bread, and so they went to a land that was full. Yet, when Omi speaks about her experiences in Moab, she says, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again, empty. In actual fact, that's not completely true. Naomi neglects to consider that she has come back to Judah with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. In that respect, she was greatly blessed. For through Ruth, the Lord would work in amazing ways to secure the future of Naomi and of all of Israel. The main theme of Ruth 1 is that of Return. The word return is used 12 times in the verses 6 to 22. Naomi's return to Judah is not motivated by repentance and renewal in her heart. If anything, she comes back to Judah a broken, a bitter woman. She even wants to have her name changed to Merah, meaning bitter. 
The Lord God is at work in our text, bringing back this disobedient woman, returning her to the land of promise. It's noteworthy that in verse 22, it's even said that Ruth returned from the country of Moab. Even though she had grown up and lived in Moab, the Lord was returning Ruth, a descendant of Lot, so that she might share in the blessings of his covenant people. In the verses leading up to Ruth's confession of faith, we see Naomi encouraging her daughters-in-law to return to Moab, to their own people and their own gods. Naomi gives them the brush off. She figures there's no future for Orpah and Ruth with her. Naomi was not in a position to raise up children to serve as their husbands, according to the law of the Leveret marriage. What future was there for these Moabite women in Judah? In the bitterness of her heart, Naomi saw none, and so she sent them back to Moab. It was wrong for Naomi to send them back. Israel had specific laws that provided bountifully for widows and orphans, for strangers and sojourners. Not only would Orpah and Ruth have opportunity to live in Judah, by coming to live among God's people, they would also share in the blessings of the covenant, also spiritually. They'd be led out of bondage of serving that cruel god, Chemosh, to serve the living God of heaven and earth. Thus, Naomi sinned in sending her daughters-in-law back to Moab. Yet the Lord used this as a test for Orpah and Ruth to see where their loyalties lay. Orpah rejected God and his people. She returned to Moab, to her god Chemosh, and to her pagan people. There's times in life when we're also faced with a choice. To serve the Lord and follow him, or to go our own way in rejection of him. See, beloved, there's two pathways in life. There is the broad way leading to destruction, and the narrow gate and the narrow way leading to life. At critical junctures in our lives, we too may be called upon to decide which pathway we will follow. Orpah chose the wrong road, but Ruth did not. She clung to Naomi. She said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. We see that Ruth pledges loyalty to Naomi, to her people and her God. She says, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. So Ruth utters an oath by which she swears her commitment to Naomi and to her God. Beloved, please note that Ruth found a new path for her feet. In the land of Moab, she had wandered and strayed in the paths of a false religion, and under the prophets of a false god. But she had come to the realization that there is peace and blessing 
contentment and joy to be found in walking God's way. That's why she tells Naomi, don't ask me to go back or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Ruth had found the way of life. She clung to it. She would not let it go. We ask the question, why did Ruth make this choice? The answer is found in her confession of faith. Ruth confessed, your God will be my God. Ruth denied her own God, Chemosh. She even swore an oath to show her determination to serve the Lord. Not only did she confess Naomi's God as her God, she even calls him Yahweh, or Lord in capital letters in our Bibles. It shows that her confession has content. She knows the name of Israel's God, that he is the God of the covenant, a God who is faithful to his word, a God who is able to deliver on his promises. In Ruth's confession of faith, we see the Lord's grace. The focus of our text is not on Ruth and her choice, but on God and his faithfulness. The Lord used the wrong choices of Elimelech and his family to bring Ruth to faith. Also today, our focus is not on the choice made by our young people in professing their faith. Rather, it's on God's faithfulness in bringing them to this point in their lives. The gospel message is never about us as people. It's always about God's grace and his love towards us in Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus made this point abundantly clear during his earthly ministry. There were many who followed him because he spoke with authority and performed great miracles. Yet in John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. In verse 65, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. John notes that from that time, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. The story of Ruth is not just about this Moabite woman. Ruth is but a small instrument upon in God's divine plan. It is through her that the line of Elimelech continued. Naomi returned to Judah as a bitter old woman. She said the Lord had afflicted her. She considered herself barren, a failure, the end of a line in Israel, cursed by God. Yet the Lord uses Ruth in his divine plan. She is the great-great-grandmother of David. From Ruth's womb would come one of the forefathers of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the story of Ruth is all about God's 
faithfulness. Robin, Cody, Devin, and Taryn, consider God's faithfulness in your life. Consider how you have been trained in the way of salvation. You're allowed to grow up in Christian families and to attend a Christian school. You've been privileged to attend church services and catechism classes. God has allowed you to come to know him and to desire to commit your whole life to him. By his word and spirit, God has granted you many spiritual blessings. He's worked faith in your hearts, so today you may publicly profess your faith in him. Part of that profession of faith is that like Ruth, you say, the Lord is my God. You identify with the living God of heaven and earth. That you confess Jesus as your Savior, that you make him Lord of your life. That you swear allegiance to him. That he is more important to you in life than anyone or anything else. You love him with all your heart and soul and mind. It's one thing to make a vow, promising to do that, like you will later this morning. It's another thing to keep that vow through all the trials and all the struggles of life. But please remember, you don't have to do it in your own strength. God is with you. His Spirit will help you. He is faithful always. In our first point, we've seen Ruth confess, the Lord is my God. In our second point, we'll see that she also confesses, the Israelites are my people. Ruth is not just identified with Naomi's God, but also with Naomi and her people. She confessed, your people shall be my people. Ruth did not return to her own people, to the Moabites. Instead, she pledged herself to be one of God's covenant people. She did not even know them yet, but she loved them. Her heart went out to the people of God, to the people of the covenant. She wanted to be one of them. Today, God makes his covenant with believers and their children. Who are these people? That's us, Christians. And where do you find such people? In the church. Peter makes this clear in what he writes in 1 Peter 2. Peter's audience is the exiles of the dispersion, persecuted Christians scattered throughout Asia. The churches are made up of both Jewish and Gentile believers. Peter calls this group of people a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Today, God's covenant people are those who have come to Christ in faith, who are being built up through him into a spiritual house, Christ is the cornerstone, and we are living stones in his church. Commitment to Christ involves a commitment to his church. 
You see, you cannot separate the bride from the bridegroom. Christ loves his bride. He gave up his life for her. So being a member of Christ involves a commitment to his people. In her confession of faith, Ruth realized what the Lord Jesus later stated in Matthew 10, verses 34 to 38. Christ said that he had not come to bring peace on earth, but a sword. The choice for Christ and his people is more important than choosing for one's own family members. Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, most of us are not required to choose between Christ and our own family. But Ruth was. She chose for the Lord, before her own family, for the people of God, instead of her own people. You see, beloved, when you make profession of faith, you're not just pledging yourself to God. You're also committing yourself to be part of his people. You're promising to be a living member of his church. You're vowing to use your gifts readily and cheerfully for the benefit and the well-being of the other members of the congregation. I think that this is a fundamental principle which is undervalued today. Too many Christians neglect the church, often to their own detriment. It's important to emphasize that the church is made up of God's people. And where God's people are, God himself is. After all, that's the heart of the covenant. In our search after God and in our walk with God, we must join ourselves with God's people and dwell with them. We will discover Christ in the church's worship and in her fellowship. The Bible says it is sin to forsake the assembly of God's people. It teaches it's a great blessing to be part of it. We need to take Ruth's confession on our lips and say that the Lord's people are my people. To recognize the brothers and sisters in the church as our family. Not because they're always so lovable, but because God has united us together in faith that we might love and serve one another. In 1 John 3 verse 10, the apostle tells us that the true test of our faith is that we love our brothers and sisters. In 1 John 4 verses 7 and 8, John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You see, beloved, we need one another. Our enemies, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, never cease to attack us. 
One of Satan's greatest delights is to, is to promote disunity in the body of Christ. He's good at applying the divide and conquer principle. But we have one Lord. We share a common faith. We're all part of Christ's family. Let us look out for each other and care for each other and stand next to each other. Let's commit ourselves to being living members of Christ's church. This brings us to our final point, and it will see that Ruth confesses, Canaan is my home. In verse 16, Ruth said, For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. In verse 17, she says, Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Ruth pledges to leave behind her land, Moab, to go and live in another land, in Judah. Now, when Abram left behind the country of his fathers, he did so at a specific command of God. The Lord said to him, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. With his command, God gave great promises about being Abram's God, about making him into a great nation, and providing him with the land of Canaan as his inheritance. Ruth did not have a command from God to leave behind Moab. She did not have specific promises about how God would bless her. And yet she went, trusting completely in the Lord's faithfulness. Ruth realized that her faith required her to leave behind not just her pagan gods and pagan people, but also her own country. Something very important that we learn from this. It is that this world is not our homeland. We live in this world, but ultimately we're not part of it. In 1 Peter 2, the Apostle addresses us as sojourners and exiles in this world. He warns us to abstain from the sinful desires which war against our soul. There's a great danger today that we make this world our home. That we focus all the attention on the here and the now, on the pleasures of this life. I'm not saying that it's wrong to enjoy this life. God gives many blessings that are to be received with thanksgiving. Yet our joy, our contentment should not be based on the things of this life. We need to live from the perspective of eternity. Our focus should not be building our own little kingdoms on this earth. But instead we need to focus our attention on the building of God's kingdom on doing the things that please him. Hebrews 11 speaks to us about some of our fellow pilgrims who have fought the good fight of the faith and finished the race. They consider themselves to be strangers and exiles on this earth. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, 
Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Beloved, home is where the heart is. And where is your heart? Together with Paul, can you say, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? Is your citizenship in heaven? This morning we've considered Ruth's confession. She said, your God is my God. The Israelites are my people. Canaan is my home. Today, we are called to make a similar confession. To say, Jesus is my Lord. These are my brothers and sisters. Heaven is my homeland. We can only make such a profession of faith that's worked in us by the Spirit of God. Only God, by His Word and Spirit, can help us to live up to the vows that we make at our profession of faith. And yet we can rely on our gracious God, for He is faithful. He always keeps His promises. In Him we trust. Amen. Let's respond to the gospel message by rising and singing from Psalm 116, stanzas 1, 9, and 10.